experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. I'm Jeff Catano. I'm JJ Chinowski. And today we have one of our favorite board, Building Utah Youth board members, Building Utah Youth alumni, one of the spirited, spirited warriors, Ms. Mesa Whitaker. Woo! Yeah. Oh. Excited to be on for sure. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun because Mace is always the one that's in the background. And just so our audience knows, she's the one that literally lines up all of the podcasts. Yes. You know, sets everyone up. Yeah. She sends out all the calendar invites. She shows up, makes sure that she does all the recordings, the social media. And today it's your turn in the hot seat. Oh, it's going to yes. be very fun. Can we call you our little mama? Sure. Is that a, Mike? Is that okay? Is that appropriate? <laughs> a little mama. What? We all what know you guys. I'm like structure. It's our little organizer. She's. Yeah. I'm like she every is. time somebody tells Very me, detailed. "Well, Mesa's this old." I'm like, "No, she's not." <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Old soul for sure. Definitely an old soul, but yes. you know, Mesa really, really honored to have you leading this initiative of the podcast. But just so proud of all of the growth that you've had. I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm Mike sitting here with us here tonight. And, um, you know, you're, you know, your dad is always so proud of you most of the time, most except the time, for when he's yeah. not, <laughs> but, but mostly proud of you, but we are all so proud of you. Um, you've just really, you know, the, the growth that's happened in, in just the last few years alone is like, wow. You know, we're, it's, it's, it's almost a little bit frightening because way ahead of where any of us were at at that time. Um, but it's inspiring and it's motivating. And today we get to hear a little bit about your, how you got here. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today without all of you guys. You sure have played a big role. Rapport has as well in who I am. And especially the man sitting over here next to me, he's played a very large role as well. So you could say I've been gifted a lot in my life and that would be the truest thing. So, you know, it, it's heavy to carry that last name. It's an honor. It, it is, is heavy, honor. but it is uh, it's definitely an honor. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that. I used to, I, I started working for Whitaker construction five years ago and I was lucky enough that I could hide the last name part. So people didn't know. And that was really fun because then they'd Some be like, Oh know. wait, you know, and so I got to do, I was able to be a part of the orientation process and onboard new hires. And it was a lot of fun to see just, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then later on, now I'm in the HR world, they'd be like, ah, oh, I didn't know you were the boss's daughter. Like, oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have said that, you so know? Instead of, instead of the son of the boss, you're the sauce. Yeah. You're the <laughs> I'm the sauce. Yeah, definitely. Or the DOS. Yeah, the DOS. I'm like the DOS. The Yeah. It's a lot of fun though. Yeah. You know, I, I seriously, Mason, thinking back to, you know, the first time you came on team and knowing that your journey started it wasn't even that long ago hearing you know your dad went to class in 2007 mm -hmm. and i know when you came home michael that 
it was on your mind. It was just like, I can't wait for my kids to get to experience and see what I see in them. Yeah. Oh. my Oh, go ahead. Oh, amen. Yeah. That was, that was a driving force. And certainly as Chad mentioned, coming across the deal, do you want to be part of building Utah youth? Absolutely. My children came to my mind and it's like, this is a gift that I absolutely have to give them. But I do have to ask you, you know, how was it growing up? Growing what up. What kind of a childhood did Mesa have? Oh, I had a very simple, easy childhood, which is just definitely, it's the honor that my parents have given me is my mom was home. My dad worked really hard. That was a gift that my mom was there if we ever needed her. And I always felt loved. I've People always are surprised. Um, they're like, you are very social. You're very outgoing. And I'm like, why is that surprising? My parents are both the most social, outgoing, easygoing people. I don't know what you would expect to get out of those two. It's pretty, <laughs> honestly, it's a fair shot for what we got. But I, yeah, I was involved in a lot of sports teams, um, Basically, anything that I ever wanted to do, my parents made sure it happened. They made sacrifices of their own time and um, created a really great group behind me. I always am proud to say that every Wednesday, my dad, my dad worked hard. He was gone at 6 a.m., you know, and he'd get home 7, 8, and, you know, dinner would be in the microwave for him. and In the fridge. Yeah. Depending Warm up on your own dinner, Michael. <laughs> exactly. And um, my mom, she she was on it and she worked really hard to keep us, you know, keep us going. And it was always very fun that Wednesday night, my dad and all of his buddies from college with their kids would go out and we'd do something every Wednesday. And it, I mean, movies, swimming, you name it. And it was uncharted time with just my my dad where he wasn't worried about work. He wasn't worried about the home or the bills. It was just time to spend with us. And some of my favorite memories as a kid is are those is we went up, you know, to his friend's house and we went ice skating. And believe me, there was a lot of uh, interesting things that always happened with that group. They're a lot of fun, but they're who raised me. So I was lucky to have my father and my parents that raised me, but they surrounded me with these wonderful people that treated me like their kids. And if ever push came to shove and my parents couldn't be there, there was someone to step in and make sure that I felt loved and taken care of. So I had the easiest childhood there ever was. I'm, I'm convinced of it. I would not disagree with you. Yeah. So I've, and it's now being 25 and being lucky to be surrounded by people that are much different than me. I see that they they didn't have the blessings and everything that I have, and it made them very powerful and valuable in what they do. But I knew I want to be able to give that to my kids. Whenever I have kids, I want to give them the life that I had and be able to let them, you know, dance if they want to do dance or whatever that looks like and make sure that those moments that I'm with them, I'm not on my phone. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm keyed in, I'm having fun. Cause that's at the end of the day, you know, my dad was gone a lot, but it didn't feel like a lot to me. He was, he was there when he was there, he was there and he was nothing else was, you know, he's focused on what we were doing. And I think now that's easy, you know, to ha put a TV, you know, put some TV on, let your kids watch TV and sit back and maybe look on Instagram or something like that and not, you know, get on what he calls knee level and look them in the eyes and play with them like a kid. And that's very rare with me too, is 
my dad's very energetic. Um, he was a young dad too. So we got to go do a lot of really fun things. Some and of them, some of them questionable. Always. Yeah. Most of them questionable. <laughs> yes. High five. Michael. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in that case, it, to see, you know, your dad playing kickball and running and not taking himself seriously. I mean, he's a businessman. He is very successful and he didn't take himself too seriously. And in doing so, it allowed me to be like, oh, okay, it's okay to be who I am. It's okay to, you know, be goofy, be wrong, um, make mistakes. And I, I had the ability to learn through him on that way. And my mom, she is the sweetest, most genuine person you'll ever meet. We laugh because when people meet her, they just tell them, tell her their deepest, darkest secrets because she just has that trusting aspect to her. And I like to say I'm a good balance of both of my parents because I, I love like my mom. I really truly care about people, but I have that energy and that go like my dad. And so I've been lucky that they've molded my personality into something that I take a lot of pride in. The best parts of them I've kind of just mimicked and became that version of me. And I'm so happy that that's the things that I did take. There's definitely a few things that I probably took that aren't the best, but that's how it is. You don't, it is what it is. How was high school? High school is so fun. Um, (laughs) People say like, if you liked high school, you hate college. And if you like college, you hated high school. And I loved them both. So I must've just been lucky that way. But I actually, when I was In middle school, I made the decision to switch schools and go to a different high school. And I was the first one of my family. I have an older brother and an older sister. She's the baby. I'm the baby. Lucky me. My sister got, they worked out the kinks with her. I always say first pancake's always the worst. The third though, (laughs) the third pancake is usually perfect. So no, I'm just kidding. Sarai is great. But, um, it's recorded. I know she, and so in eighth grade, I made that decision. I wanted to go to Logan high instead of Mount Crest. And everyone was very confused in that. And my mom was like, oh, you know, is there any bullying? What's going on? And it wasn't about that. It was the people that were at Logan were less clicky. They were more inclusive. It wasn't jocks hanging out with jocks. It was, you know, the cheerleaders hung out with the band geeks, you know, like it was everything. And I, it was closer to my house anyways. So I made that move and it was the best move I could have made. Um, ninth grade was so fun and I met a bunch of new people. So I had my friends from my previous school and I had my friends from my new school. So I was pretty lucky to be surrounded by some amazing people. And when we went to go play our rival team, which was the school I switched from. It was fun because I had friends there and, you know, it wasn't just, oh, you go play this team and there's, you know, the comp, the competition of it all. It was, I got to go see my friends again. And I, I really enjoyed doing that. And it, it, I went and tried out for volleyball and I tried out for cheer and track. And at one point I was on an all-star cheer team and did track and, volleyball and cheer and I would wake up at five and my dad would work out and I would work out next to him on the little treadmill and then I'd go to cheer practice and then school and then track and then cheer again and I'd be gone till about nine and I think it was doing what I loved and it it gave me my work mentality that I have that I like to work hard and I like to work long hours and I like to at the end of my day like have something to hang my hat on 
Interesting. And Where does that come from? Yeah. <laughs> couldn't be my father at all. Do you remember when, when your dad came home from rapport? You know, I had to be nine or 10. Yeah. So I don't, it's funny because I don't remember my dad ever not being my dad, like the energized, you know, person he is. So I think it's weird that I don't remember that, but I know that he definitely showed up a lot different for our family. And I think that's where he came back and realized, you know, I need to spend some time at home and I need to make sure that those things that I'm doing with my friends, it was that Wednesday mommy's night out group was perfect because he got to spend time with his buddies and we ended up making friends with all of their kids. And now we have an extended family that feels just like our family. So he came back with a deeper purpose and he looked you in the eyes. He said what he, you know, whatever he said he was going to do, he did. And there's a lot of power in that, right? A lot of people can tell you, oh, I'll do this and oh, yeah, I'll get to it. But if they don't do what they say they're going to do, they don't respect their own time and they don't respect yours. And so seeing him come back and saying, okay, you know, I'm going to make my family important. I'm going to make work important and I'm going to provide a better future for my kids and my wife. It definitely showed up very fun that way. And how about your, how, how about Soraya and Gage? Oh, Soraya and Gage, they're awesome. My sister, she actually went through, she was the first one of us to go through. She was the oldest child and she hated it at first, like <laughs> hated it. She had to uh, pack up her, they do it in Ogden and the van would not drive up this mountain. It just would not. So she had to pack her sleeping bag, her all of her stuff for the uh, trip. And that was brutal for her. She that was, very was perfect upset. for her. It was great. Oh. Yeah. And as much as she, you know, can claim that she hates it, a lot of those amazing qualities that she's done, she's not afraid to talk to people. And she makes, she really cares about people. And that stems right from the training. I see where that shows up and she's very protective, but it definitely, you know, it, it's our family, but it was heightened because of the training. And my brother, I call him my baby brother, but he's older than me. <laughs> he is doing awesome right now. And he, when he was younger, he was very structured and organized and he has the biggest heart you'll uh, like out of anyone. And it's funny that sometimes I call him my baby brother, but I look up to him in so many ways because he it's easy for him to care for people and love people and take his time with people where it could, it can be harder for me. And I, I wish I was more like him in that way for sure. But he, he definitely had some really good friends come out of that. And it's funny cause you can push the training down you can forget about it, but it shows up randomly and you're like, Oh yeah. Mm. Where did that come from? Yeah. And I, that's weird that I'm not doing that. Or I wonder if, you know, I had, I had applied myself in a different way where I would be. And so my family, I was a rapport baby. I was raised with the values of rapport without ever going to rapport until I was 15. So I thought when I went through, I had it in the bag. I really did. I was like, oh yeah, my dad, you know, he's been involved with this and I own my, what I say and I go to the training and I'm social, as I said. So the first thing I do is I learn everybody's first name because I won't fail myself. I'll show them that I know. And that, yeah, that there was a change in the program, we can say. <laughs> and uh, I got to uh, 
reapply that knowledge and learn some more things about the people I was on, you know, on my team. And I was lucky enough to be one of the first people to get called and open one of the classes. And I was so scared. I was like, I should know exactly what I'm doing and I'm confident, but I was standing out that door and we have a Whitaker tap where your foot taps a lot. And I was no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I was so nervous and you know, I, I failed and it was hard to hear. I failed, but I knew that I did. It wasn't surprising, but throughout the training and failing and, you know, coming out on top and working with my team, I realized that it's okay to fail and it's okay to think that you're going to go in and it not go as planned. You know, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to not be perfect. And I was lucky enough to go with two of the people I was in the mommy's night out group with. And uh, when we went through and had our dinner before we went, my father challenged me to not lean on them to, if I needed to lean on someone, it needed to be myself. And I was confused (laughs) by that. And when, and I understood about module one, (laughs) what he meant that way. And I did, I did challenge myself to, you know, when things get tough, look inward and where can I, where can I adapt and change and what's not working and why, and what's my role and why it's not working. And I went through and I, I remember there's a part where you get to look at towards like your family and a special part that way. And it really became obvious how loved I was and am and how much I'd taken for granted. I'm surrounded by kids that haven't had the exact opportunities and gifts that I've been given. And yet they show up and they work hard. And I just had so much love and compassion for those people And there was, I was a cheerleader at the time, you know, very social, girly, you could say. Um, And my closest friend that I made out of that, Casting Coates is her name. She was the leader of the FFA, loved riding horses, wore wranglers. And she understood me more than some of my very best friends. And I got to look back and think, wow, it's not about what people look like or what they like. It's about who they are and how they show up for you and how they love you. And that changed everything for me because I went back and I was going to go to this new school. And instead of looking for people that looked like me or people that were doing the same things as me, I had the opportunity to look at a different lens and think, okay, how are they showing up? And, you know, what is it? How am I showing up for them? And that really runs true to who you care about is the people that you show up for you do it unconsciously. If you love people, you show up for them. And it started to show up and I was lucky. I got a lot of leadership roles. I became captain of the cheer team my senior year. I played varsity when I was a sophomore. I, and a lot of that comes from understanding myself. When I went through the teen class, it was very clear on what my strengths were what I wasn't so strong in and where I could be doing better. And it's not easy always to get from point A to point B, right? You're going to fail. It's going to be uncomfortable until you do that. You're, you're going to sit in the same spot unless you change. And so I got to become a better version of myself, which made me a better friend, made me a better daughter. It, you know, it made me into the person I wanted to be. And I slowly have been developing that person for years 
And it's crazy to think it was 10 years ago that I went to that class. Wow. 10 years ago. And the very <sighs> next year you, you started to give back. Yeah. The very next year I started going on team and I went on team for about seven years in a row every summer. And I called it just my summer refresh. So I got to go back and look at the training from a different perspective. And I was lucky enough to go with my dad and now my very best friend in the entire world. At that point, we weren't best friends. We came from Cache Valley, same area. She was quiet and obviously I'm very outspoken. So, and she went to the school I transferred from. So we didn't know much about each other, but we go through this with our dads. It was me and her and her dad and my dad. And I learned just how easygoing and how you don't friendships that are easy. It doesn't have to be what everyone thinks it has to be. And she gets me in ways that other people, she's like, there's very few people in my life that I feel like I don't have to explain myself. Like, this is why I work this way. And my dad is one of those. We're kind of cut from the same cloth that way. My grandma was definitely one and Brooke is one. They just kind of get me. And at that time we left and we did have a great time, but we weren't, it took a couple years for us to become those very best friends for us to find each other again. But I think it was all part of the plan and the grand scheme of things that later in life I was going to need her and it would be easier to access that friendship because of the training that we had and the understanding that we had about life. I want everybody to rewind that about 10 minutes and re-listen to Mesa. Unbelievable. I mean, just your talk about going through rapport built, you know, the leadership breakthrough one, team leadership breakthrough one, and finding friends, not how they look, but their character. And that's really, for me, the foundation of life. Then it's trust and everything else. But Mesa, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that, that is so true. It's, it's the, who are you not? Yeah. What, what do you do? Yeah. I had great friends in high school too. I really did. I was surrounded by very fun girlfriends and we would, you know, we did a lot together and I still talk to some of them today and I, and I love them. And one of them just had a baby Kenzie and it was an honor to get to hold. I, you know, I'm very far off from that part of my life, but it was so cool to see how far we've come. And she also, I was lucky enough to send all of those girlfriends that I went to high school with. And I was actually on team when they graduated and I got to go and see them through that process and have a different love and respect for who they are and what they've gone through and the lens that they see life through. I, everybody listening, I mean, it, you know, you listen to Mesa and there's great opportunity for you to, to grow, to give, to give back to the community but to find yourself. And I mean, you're so mature for how young you are even now, you know, but going through that, how much you learned. And I'm grateful to hear that story. I just can't say that enough. And I wish that for everybody. And the goal for me personally is to give this program and to have people gain what you gained um, to just become a better human. And the story's not ending here. That's the part that I love is, yeah, I got to here, but now I'm just going to the next spot and I'm going to do a little bit better tomorrow. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we get to hear from a lot of kids who have had a lot of tough, you know, moments and, and Mesa has had tough moments, but the point of what you just shared Mesa was, you know, childhood was amazing beyond belief. Right. Yeah. And so many parents think about, when we talk to them about sending their, their, their children to this, 
this class, their response is, well, my kid's a great kid, you know, my son or my daughter, they're fantastic. They don't, they don't need this training. And, and that's why we talk about it in the sense that we do, that it's not something they need. It's something they deserve. It's, it's let them see for themselves, you know, how much they're loved and cared about and supported and let them see the best version of them right now. Even if they are absolutely amazing, there's always a next level mm-hmm. and you caught that bug of giving back at, you know, 16 years old. It's really, it was just like all of a sudden it's like, wow, like I have so much to give and it's not like it's easy to go do that, no. but it's so fun and rewarding, even though it's not that easy. It was the best time. Again, my favorite memories were always being on team and getting to go on team with my dad was you can't, I would pay serious money to do that again because that was a special class. It was nice and cool. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was very, very not cool, but getting the, I mean, building Utah youth has been great because my family's involved with it as well. So it's, I get held accountable for the training that I have because they understand it. And it's easy, I think to, you know, forget your training and get back into what you normally did. Um, People are have you know habitual they do what they've always done unless something causes them to change and I've been lucky to have my family there to encourage me to keep growing and becoming a better version of myself and to also point out when I'm not being that person and it's not in a bad way it's not looking down upon me it's you know hey I know I know what you can do I've seen it and you know what you can do and this isn't it and now you get to do it again and it's an op- and actually an opportunity and a gift to get to do things again if you get it wrong. And I learned that when I went into college, I, I mean, I did cheer from my, I followed everything my sister did and I did cheer every, I mean, how old was I? Knee high to a buck dribble. Yeah, I am 14. Yeah, gymnastics, eight. cheer. I mean, and I did it competitively. I mean, I had to be like eight when I started, seven or eight. So I decided to... Um, try out for college cheer. That was one of my, my I goals. Remember this. Yeah. And uh, I tried out first year and I gave it my all. And I, one of the things I would always say is, you know, I'm powerful and I can overcome. And I went through in the first year, I was so excited and I was the last person to be cut. They had me and another girl out on the stage. And this is the auditorium, the basketball auditorium that they you know, play games at, and they put me and this other girl out there and I didn't get it. And it was hard, but I, I didn't feel bad for myself because it was a reflection. It was okay. It's time to work harder. I obviously have more to give. And so that next year I was, you know, a year had gone down, down the tunnel and I was ready again. I had, you know, been doing college, enjoying it. And I was going to go and try out again. And I did. And the same thing happened. Me and one girl last call and I didn't get it. And so at that point, you would think that I would understand that I wasn't getting it, but I, I didn't. It wasn't a no, it was a not, not yet. And so third year, I am like, this is it. You know, she I only says, got one more year. She says story like it was no big deal. <laughs> it was a lot. It I mean, a lot, lot goes into it. And I, my poor parents, you know, I think... As a kid, you have to realize that you do carry a lot of grief and things are hard, but your parents carry it too. And they might not show it the way, but it had to be so hard to have me come home 
and like be beaten up and sad. And my parents have to look at me and say, it's okay. And you can give more and it's going to be okay. And there's a reason you're not on that team, but you'll figure it out next year or you'll do something better. And so that third year I had been um, dating the neighbor kid. My dad was so mad. Literally, we live out where there is no neighbors and I found the closest one. He was by proximity. And yeah, so I was dating the neighbor and he had played football. He was a football kid. And I had talked him into trying out for cheer with me. Yeah. So we drove together day of tryouts and he made the team and I didn't. Same thing happened. Me and one other girl. And so they called the numbers and I got to go back and sit in my car and wait for him to have the team meeting. And because I, I drove him, I wasn't leave him there. <laughs> so I sat there and I remember I, I came home, but I had no tears. I wasn't sad anymore about it because there was some reason that I wasn't supposed to be on the team and I had given it every last drop. And so I, I felt good in what I've done. I felt that I had succeeded in putting myself where I needed to. I made great friendships and I had a deeper understanding of me. And I didn't, I didn't feel bad for that not being on that team. And in doing so, I ended up joining Alpha Chi and my very, very best friends are all from that sorority that I joined. And they are the coolest, most genuine people you'll ever meet. And if I would have made that cheer team, I would have never had these friends that I have today that would do anything for me. So it was hard. Believe me, it wasn't an easy, I can talk about it now that it was a breeze, but it was hard back then. And I really, uh, when you cheer for that long or you're a part of something for that long, it's part of your identity. So it was kind of grieving that, that person that I used to be, but it allowed me to say, it's okay that I failed because I now get to do something better and I get to get to show up in a different way. So, yeah, I just finished a couple of, of books. Um, Tim Tebow, I'm sure some of you have heard of Tim Tebow. Yes. But um, you're, you're literally walking that path. Yeah. You know, just hearing you, I mean, I remember this time, <laughs> this time zone and you going through all this and, you know, we're living in, and, and, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. And there's so many questions and what could I have done more of? And did I not work hard enough? And, you know, am I not cut out? There's all this self-talk and you learned a lot about that self-talk at 15 years old. Yeah. And then you have parents that tell you straight up, yeah, there's more. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's a reason and you get to get back after it. Yeah. And that's really where my career started is I started pretty young. I worked when I was in high school and I don't think I had to work, but it's kind of in my DNA. I think that yeah, it's time I, to go to work. Yeah. So I started coaching cheer and then I was a waitress and I made really good money. And then I started working <laughs> For the company and that was really fun because he didn't even know that I had I was interviewing the HR uh, for one of my classes and she offered me a job and I you know I told him hey like I'm, I'm gonna work for Whitaker and he was like okay you know you came to that on your own conclusion and they put me in the penalty box which was good I got to go work in the reception desk for an office role that's basically like being in the pipe you can't leave. I don't know if you guys watch The Office. It's Ron Swanson in the circle chair. You can't get away from people calling. And it it's for me, it was a punishment. And then, uh, but it really stemmed to where I found that I love blue collar workers and I love the work that we do. The people are the most genuine. 
they are who they are and you're not gonna, I mean, a businessman in a suit can lie to you and confuse you. And, you know, they, they're kind of skilled in that way. Whereas construction workers, you get what you get. We might go, yeah, we're going to have a conversation and it's with a certain one of my employees, he's going to be smoking a cigarette and we'll probably be outside. And that's just how and he you hears may hear best. the rest of the English language. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, he would do anything for me. He has allowed me to grow in my position and challenged me and taught me so much that I, I don't know what I would do without his influence with work that, you know, we laugh cause it's like, it wouldn't be someone you want to be caught in a back alley with. Right. He's got that husky voice and He's chain smoking, but he has so many life lessons that I learned from and the love and care he has for me, it's unmatched. And I've been lucky. I've had a lot of, I, I tell whoever ends up with me is good luck because one, the father that I have has been nothing but amazing. I, if I, if you're getting even half the amount of what my father is, that's a big cup to fill. But he also surrounded me by the most amazing people And so that expectation, I mean, the people in this room, they love and care for me like a father. And I I truly feel that way. And me and my friend Brooke were talking about it is like, if something were to happen to my parents, there would be a line of people that would walk me down the aisle. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't question who would that would be. And that's such a gift that he's given me is having a more than just our family. And yeah. It's and the work that we do, I think a lot of my passion comes with that. And when I went through, I went through LB1, I was lucky enough to go, go through LB1 and then LB2. Um, and LB2 is LB1 and the teen class is really about you and who you're going to become, who I'm becoming. And LB2 is how you show up and how you interact with other people. And I remember I left that. And the one thing that I wanted is I wanted to get clear on what I wanted to do in my life and how I wanted to be for those people in my life. That's been, that's been a journey itself. It's been great. (laughs) I'm very clear on it now at 25. I feel like I, I get to have some awkward conversations with people that haven't had the gifts and the training that I have. And I'm sure that it comes across a little awkward when I speak to exactly what things are and say, no, this is what I want. And, oh, Okay, there's no wiggle room on that. Nope, and uh, it's been it's been very fun, definitely. And a very recent master graduate. Yes. Very recent master graduate. Yes, uh, this year recent master graduate. A month, so that was very fun. I. What, uh, what was so fun about that, Mace? Oh, that yeah. one's pretty fresh on the. That on one's the pretty palette. fresh. Yeah, one of the things. I mean, I'm I'm always the youngest people person in the training. That's because she's 25 and she's, yes. been, yeah. 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 So for these adult classes, I get to have the opportunity to see people and, you know, be introspective and see what they carry, how they've overcame things and how that applies to my life. And PC, I, I have always, I, again, I like to talk. I'm a social person, but sometimes it's, you know, It's not so much about what you say. It's about how you show up, how you make people feel. And that is communication. And I'm very lucky to get to look back and think, wow, I get to make a difference in people's lives in the work that I do in building Utah youth and the relationships that I have, my friendships. And it's such a gift to look people in the eyes and tell them that you love them and that they're, they're important to you and they're in your life is better because they're there. 
And I definitely have a very long list of those people. And going through, I go through this class and as a woman, there's times of the month that you're more uh, emotional. And uh, my parents surprised me. And like, if my dad actually paid for me to go, which is a pricey class, it's not, it's not free when you get into the other ones. And he cared enough about me and knew that I needed the training that he was okay to do that. And I didn't know he was coming to the class or my mom and they showed up and they snuck in the back and I just cried and cried. And we have it, video of it. yeah, Aww. he recorded it. It was like blackmail, but it just shows that every single time, like my parents are there, my family's there and I've been very lucky. And you know, my grandparents, I was talking, talking to my dad last night is they, they have worked really hard to provide our family with a, a better life and something to work from and to work for. And my grandma was my very best friend and she did um, pass from ALS, but I got to spend a lot of time with her during that. And it wouldn't have been an, it wouldn't have been available if I didn't work for who I work for and show up the way that I do. And I, I can't find any other reason but the training for how I show up, who I am, what I value, and why I value it. And I think when you're young, it's easy to just get caught up in what's, you know, what's going on, what's the most popular thing, what your friends are doing. And it was a gift. And I challenge the listeners to take a step back and look at where you're showing up and how you're showing up and tell your parents that you love them. Tell your grandparents you love them. Stop by, even if it's, you know, not the most convenient time. Stop by, hold their hands, do what you can because life is very short. And as I said in LB2, I got really clear on my values and I, one of them was my family. And before going to LB2, I knew I loved and cared for my family, but I didn't know how I was living that value. And, you know, 2023, I said, family is first and is ultimately the most important thing to me. And I have been very, very lucky to get to spend a lot of time and help my parents and show up for my siblings, my grandparents. And it fills my cup like anything else. It's, you know, they think I'm doing something nice for them, but it really is a gift for me. At 25, when most 25 year olds are off on the daring adventure and and you're so focused on what matters most. Yeah. It's awesome. Building Utah Youth, that really helped. And I got a good, good failure, good not pass when I, uh, I like to do a lot of things at once. I've always been that way. And, you know, I'm new to Whitaker in the sense of the office role and I wanted to do everything that I could. So I did my best and failed ultimately at becoming the director of Building Utah Youth. And believe me, everyone believed that I could do it and I believe I still could do it, but my values and that it wasn't the time and that hurt because there's nothing harder than failing at something that taught you passion and how to show up and knowing, Oh, I really let some people down here, but ultimately I let myself down the most. That one's going to be some fuel for a long, long time. Oh, you're it telling is, me it, that that's the why. So think about the message in there. Yeah. You no, know? we've got, I can guarantee I can go around the room right now. And everyone in this room has that same sour taste from that same fuel type. Yeah, absolutely. You fail. It, it, and I, and I think I was talking to Mike 
you know, that you learn from everything. It's not really failing. It's discovering and uncovering Mm -hmm. who you are and what you're meant to do. And, you know, most people major in minor things. They major in the superstar going in and out of rehab. You brought it up. If you major on personal development, like building Utah youth, going through the classes and developing yourself to get to that next level, to do 1% better, to give back, to be a, just a better freaking human. Yeah. It makes a ripple effect for us all. And I just damn proud of you. I like to say I'm in the wake of a lot of ripples. What's next for you? Oh boy. There's a lot. I'm only 25, so I have a lot of life to live. Yes, you do. Yes. Um, definitely, as I said, my family is first and getting to spend more time with them, continuing to develop and become a better leader and for my company as well, become a better person, give back of my time and really show up for the people I get to work with because they show up pretty big for me and my friends and I hope this year that I end up in, I don't know why we're high-fiving. Because we're high-fiving because if you're not, not going to awesome. say it, then yeah. I'm going to say it. So, I mean. I'm hoping to end up in a home this year instead of renting. Um, I'm ready to go towards that chapter of my life. Um, I'm lucky enough. I have been seeing a very wonderful human. I want to hear more. I'm not, we'll talk later. <laughs> She's like uh, later. Yeah. JJ, later. <laughs> he's pretty awesome, but he's okay. Yeah. We like him and just see, continue to see how that relationship develops. And it's, it's interesting. I think when you're older, you, you look in every person, it's like, Oh yes, you know, that's the next person. That's the person they're going to end up with. And that could happen. But if it doesn't happen, I'm good. And that's a feeling that I haven't had is I really don't need anyone because my family and my friends, they are such a big part of me. So getting to continue to develop my friendships and show up big for my family and my friends and for the board and provide you guys this information about our training. And even if just one person listens to it, listens to my podcast, listens to other people that are on this podcast and thinks, wow, I needed to hear that today. Um, That will change the way that our world is. And we're lucky in Utah to have building Utah youth, but these people that we're surrounded by. Do you have more? So much more to be continued. Oh, do you want to hear me say it? Don't you? (laughs) He's going to put it on record. There is a big, big looming goal to become a trainer for rapport. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been since I went through the training, I've wanted to. All in due time. All in due time. Yeah, That's huge. You're telling me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Exciting for sure. Oh, that's a great goal. Yeah. So take it easy, relax, get some okay. sleep, all those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, no, really Mesa, just so proud of you. Um, and even, even the roller coaster ride, that's what it's all about. It's just, it's just fun. It really is embracing the, the fact that, you know, when you're surrounding yourself with people that really do love and care about you, you cannot fail. And, and one of my favorite things that I share at Life Mastery is how big would you dare to dream if you knew you couldn't fail? If you knew that, it's like you, you can't, you can't fail. You've got a support system that's just, you know, 10 feet tall and bulletproof and surrounded by it and just looking forward. It's so inspiring to know that building Utah youth is moving forward and being carried forward now 
by the the teens that have graduated adults now but teens that graduated from the training that's what's so amazing about this ripple and and continuing this initiative forward so love you and thank you so much for tonight thank you respect integrity passion personal power leadership enthusiasm this has been the empowering youth podcast from building utah youth To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.org.